0: Welcome to the Podity. I'm Nate. I'm Stephen. This is the show where we talk about all things nerdy, from Negan to Alpha. And today we'll be talking about The Walking Dead. Z. So, okay, this is where I want to start the episode out with. What do you think Negan and Alpha is without any? Because over here, a little bit of back, like a backstory here. Ne- um, Negan. Stephen has never watched The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. He has. Never read The Walking Dead either, comic books. Nope. Most things he's done with The Walking Dead is getting ready for this episode a little bit. <laughs> so, without okay. with that backstory, without any context, Stephen, what do you think Negan and Alpha is? Negan is... I don't know... Um...
1: Okay, I know Walking Dead is about zombies. So, I'm assuming Negan is something like zombies that eat only
0: plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very interesting, <laughs> like okay. Like vegan, you know, Negan. Yeah, 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 I get it. What about Alpha? I'm kidding.
1: Alpha is probably like,
0: I don't know, a very
1: powerful zombie that is... Okay, my biggest... Okay, this is a proper guess. Earlier was a fake guess. You know? Right, no, of proper. course. Yeah, 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 no, of course. <laughs> um, My I, my guess will be something, you know, like when we're walking, um watching... Army of the Dead. Right. Yeah. There's this uh, the military yes, thing okay. that drop, and then there's this super the queen. powerful the queen zombie or master zombie or something. Yeah. So that would assume alpha is the.
0: You assume those, alpha yeah. is like the alpha zombie. Yeah. Okay. What about Negan? Like a real answer this time. I have no idea, man. I mean, it's such a foreign language.
1: The only that's the only thing I can think of is a pun on the word vegan but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so okay here's the thing steven has no idea what the walking dead is about and i'm gonna try and sell him on the walking dead and i'm gonna tell you right now negan and alpha are both the primary antagonists in seasons of the walking dead
1: oh so both are antagonists oh right both
0: are antagonists and so okay before we get into it i want to ask you Out of a 10 right now, Mm -hmm. with basically no knowledge whatsoever of The Walking Dead, what is your interest in actually watching The Walking Dead?
1: Uh, Quite high, actually. I've been thinking about it for a while. Okay. So maybe an 8. Wow. Okay, okay. why? Because I kind of like zombie as a... Okay, maybe zombie as a a fantastic tool for story writing, especially as a not as a main villain, but as Mm -hmm. an obstacle. Yeah, of course. Which is amazing, right? And at the same time, I enjoy. I kind of enjoy watching like a a world going through this process of changing from the normal to a apocalyptic kind of world. Right. Okay. And then looking into the storyline of what is a post-apocalyptic world look like. Right. So yeah. a bit like the show Sweet Tooth.
0: Sweet Tooth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah of course, that's a, not about zombie. No. But no. No. It's of about course not. It's... The
1: world changing and d- yeah, it looks so different. Yeah. Definitely. A of new, what happened? New, new, yeah. Uh, like yeah, new, a like something new. Yeah. Something like that. And then even. I enjoy a show like Love and Monsters. If you love remember. and Monsters, exact. oh, Amazing show. Yeah,
0: I forced you to watch it. Yeah. I practically made you watch it because I kept telling you about <laughs> how to go watch Love and Monsters. Yeah. yeah love yeah. that movie, man. Yeah, it's
1: amazing and that's, a, of course, uh, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic kind yes, of world. precisely. Which yes. is very fun to watch as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love these two things and I feel Walking Dead, Dead may have these things. Right. Yeah, it de- definitely does yeah. have the post... It is a post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. uh, centered around the outbreak of the zombie kind of virus, mm-hmm. which is a very common trope in a lot of... It's a whole genre by itself. Zombie yeah. outbreaks, right? Yes. Post-apocalyptic zombie outbreaks, rather. So, okay, let me just clarify. Out of a 10, your interest is an 8 right now. Mm, yeah. Wow, okay, that's very high. I, I would have expected because I would have thought anybody who is interested in The Walking Dead at an 8, by now would have watched it already. Yeah, but it's the number of seasons. It's a big investment. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It is a big (laughs) big investment, I will say. But remember the big investment of how TNG was. That's very, very true as
1: well. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: remember the payoff of what TNG is.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I
0: won't say it's precisely the same, whereas the payoff is not maybe the best, but... I'll get into it a little bit later mm. when we get into the, 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 the meat and potatoes of the episode. So, what have you heard about The Walking Dead? What do you know about The Walking Dead? What the do series? I know?
1: I think it's what I mentioned earlier to you. Um, that the show is, well, it's about zombies. It's about people trying to survive. And later on, it's more about... First, The first level is about survival. Mm-hmm. First, and then, be, they, I think if i there are colonies... Right. And then within the colonies, there are a lot of drama within that itself and, yep. and a lot of people are dying. It's a bit like Game of Thrones. but Kind with, of, uh, yeah. Well, technically, Game of Thrones is a zombie. The Nightwalkers, yes. the Nightwalkers are zombies. It is, yeah, I'm looking at it similar to that, you know. Uh, yeah, are people being kicked out of the colonies and trying to survive again, main yeah. characters. And, and a lot of the discussion I saw online because, I mean, it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. Um, saying that, oh yeah, this person, this cast or this person character survives or dies you know that kind of thing it's a bit like I I, I don't know I relate this a lot to Game of Thrones when I was watching the first few seasons they Mm -hmm. say oh is this character going to survive this season? Is this yeah. character... Or like, oh my goodness, they kill off this character. Yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah. I
0: will say that there is a pretty good comparison you've just brought up, mm-hmm. which is Game of Thrones versus The Walking Dead. It has a kind of similar type feel to mm-hmm. it. However, of course, The Walking Dead is not a fantasy genre. Yeah, it is a yeah. modern, modern day... Well, technically modern day society. Yeah, and, and I believe it's not
1: political... Or oh, maybe political in a different way, right? There, okay, the... here's
0: the thing: in the later seasons, there there are some politics around, right. but the focus is not on the politics. Right? Yeah. Okay. The focus is mainly on the zombie survival, yeah, and the survival of zombies rather, and that aspect of the apocalypse, right? Rather okay. than the politics of it all, yeah. The politics play a little bit into it, of oh, course, more and yeah. more towards the end of the series, in fact, but not as much as you would say, like. Um, Game of Thrones or even mm. Attack on Titan mm. it's right. much less than that yeah I will say the politics in the show some of it is very interesting but a lot of it is just used to push forward a story mm. okay so it is a very very like a it's not a central theme like of the a thing dash either. of politics right. you know like you've it's like you use a bit of salt to season the thing okay it's a little bit of that that's about it mm. so it's honestly speaking I haven't spoken a lot about The Walking Dead ever yeah Because The Walking Dead, I remember I watched it when it first came out. Right. Way back when. And I was watching it episodically weekly. And it was so amazing because I've read The Walking Dead before, the comic. Okay. And it was very interesting. And it's kept my interest all throughout. I will say I lapsed for a couple of seasons because life got in the way. Okay. But now that all of The Walking Dead is available, freely available, readily available streaming on Disney Plus, during the pandemic and everything, I just caught up all over again. Okay. And I'm up to date now. Nice. So I'm waiting for like the final final arc. Oh, it's the final arc already? Yes, it is the final okay. arc. So, I want to ask you about your opinion on post-apocalyptic settings. Okay. Not what? just about zombie post-apocalyptic okay. settings, sure. but like a post-apocalyptic scenario type of movie slash series slash books. Mm. Do you like them? Yeah, I do. I I, I love them. Okay, From... like one some of your like zombies notwithstanding, post-apocalyptic okay. genre, post-apocalyptic properties that you are like. What are they?
1: Okay, I mean the two that I already mentioned, Sweet Tooth, yeah, and Love and Monsters, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, other than that, post-apocalyptic.
0: Um, I would say. Are you a fan of the Hunger Games?
1: Oh, okay. Hunger Games, not so much.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I don't know why. I'm not... A... I mean, it's because Hunger Games doesn't focus on the post-apocalyptic world itself. Yeah, that's it right. It focuses on the reaction and response of the people the current the...
0: status of the... The current status quo of the society post-apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. yeah
1: it doesn't focus on the post-apocalyptic itself. Yep. Yeah. So it, that's a bit different. Yeah. Um, Zombie Land, kind of. Yeah, Zombie Land, uh, definitely. But yeah. like
0: zombies, non-withsta- nonwithstanding
1: Oh, okay. Specifically, zombie, nonwithstanding
0: Okay, this is not a show, but it's
1: the game Fallout. I never really played, oh. but I thought it's really cool. Really good game, yeah. Um, to really just wander around a post apocalyptic world. Yeah. Uh, I actually, sure what about artists.
0: Planet of the Apes?
1: Oh yeah, that's really good. But I can't remember much of the show.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't really haven't rewatched it. Oh wow! Okay, I rewatched it at the start of the pandemic. Because what else are you gonna do in the pandemic, right? Right? But yeah. The Planet of the Apes series, both the old one and the new one, honestly speaking, such a good series, okay. and like it's one of the better post-apocalyptic series I found.
2: Okay.
1: Oh, I enjoy Matrix.
0: Yeah, that's right. Matrix. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed the first one. I and actually enjoy all three. Well, yeah. there are four now.
1: I haven't watched the fourth one. Apparently
0: the fourth one is a dumpster fire of garbage. So... (laughs) Yeah, my brother told me that it's quite shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I I might not, I probably won't watch it. I I don't know.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm quite... I do enjoy the first three. Oh, yeah. Um... Especially in the rewatch, I didn't enjoy it when I watched it first. Okay, yeah, but yeah, anyway, right, right. Yeah. I think you mentioned before. Yeah, I but
0: did. Li- I did like the Matrix the first time I watched it, and I liked it even more the second time mm-hmm. I watched it. But yeah. I didn't like the Animatrix. Right. Okay. That was what soured my impression of the franchise in the whole. Right. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was a bit. Uh...
1: Okay. Anyway, we post I can't. I can't think of any at the top of my head right now. Okay.
0: Um. What about Days of Future Past?
1: Days of Future Past.
0: X-Men, Days of Future Past.
1: Oh, that's right. There was a... Yeah, again, I feel that movie doesn't focus on a post-apocalyptic world. Oh,
0: no, I'm not talking about the movie itself. There are... I'm talking about every iteration of the Days of Future Past, which is like the movie, the comics, the animated series. I haven't watched enough. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it's one of the best... It's my favourite arc okay. in all of X-Men, especially in the comics as well. And oh, it's such a good... It combines X-Men and post-apocalypse. It's so cool, man. What could be cooler, right? Mutants and post-apocalypse. Oh,
1: yeah. Speaking of... Okay, I guess
0: in that same genre will be Logan, the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Logan was really good, man. Daphne Keen, outstanding performance. Yeah. Uh, It was more of a film than a a superhero movie. Definitely, yeah. But it's amazing. It was Uh, the best ever Logan movie. I would say. It was the best movie that centred around Wolverine. (laughs) Well, no. I guess Days of Future Past kind of centred around Wolverine as well. Yeah. But it was the best Wolverine solo movie.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Well, okay. Enough about this. Let's get a little bit into Walking Dead. I would begin actually with its creator, Mm -hmm. Robert Kirkman. Yep. Now... For those of you who are not familiar Robert kirkman was a well he is a comic book writer but he is also more than that right now yeah as a comic book writer he created things like The Walking Dead comic book series yeah he also in, in he also created Invincible Oblivion song and outcast these are like the four main titles off the top of my head that I know of Kirkman's work that I've loved but Kirkman is one of the busiest men in all of comics right now. Because as there are people who are like I'm not gonna mention any names, but there are some people who are having difficulty with coming out with a monthly issue of comics. Okay. Kirkman, at one point of time, maybe in like twenty eighteen, had six different comic properties coming out monthly with no problem. Monthly. Yeah. Because okay. comics comics follow yeah. a monthly basis where you get a new issue every month and he had one point i think six major titles coming out at a month wow and no problem he just kept trucking on he was also on he was also in charge of top cow's pilot program which means like the pilot program was him and somebody else i can't remember who they got together and they started writing first issues of just keep churning out first issues and based on fan reaction They would turn that issue into a mini series or a series. Oh, so he has to constantly come up with new ideas, yeah, and just keep publishing issue ones of comics. Which come on, it's insane. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That is ridiculous. Like, I mean, maybe not as ridiculous when you think about it, because there are some dungeon masters who use, um do one shots every maybe weekly that kind of thing right but this is the the thing is he can never reuse an idea because it's already been it's worldwide yes precisely so it's way more stress yeah and on top of all the comic related things he has done he founded a company called skybound Mm -hmm. and skybound is in charge of the production of all the walking dead series of invincible animated series Ooh, so that's these outcast live action series yes yeah skybound they're responsible for all these things you know and especially right now if you really think about it, the walking dead is in there um the invincible animated series is there i think yeah, outcast awesome. is done uh outcast was a kind of comic slash series centered around a demon infested town Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. And then when, moved, when the series came out, because I am a massive fan of Robert Kirkman, he's one of my favorite comic book writers, I watched the series and it was really good. If I'm not mistaken, it, it starred... Ooh, what's his name? Data. Oh. um, Brent Spiner. Oh, yes, Brent Spiner. Yeah. He, yeah. There, Brent Spiner was in it and he was like kind of... The main antagonist, I would say. Oh, wow. And you get to see his acting. You know, Brent Spiner is an amazing actor. Yes, definitely. But you get to see him in a antagonistic role when it's just mind-blowing.
1: I mean, he did that for in, in TNG anyway.
0: That's true. That's very, very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But more than that as well, Skybound also opened up a division, which was Skybound Games, and they focused on creating a lot of games. Other is than... Horizon
1: Horizon? No, not Horizon. Uh... No,
0: Skybound Games... Um they actually teamed up with another company and they were focusing on a lo- initially they were focusing on a lot of indie games okay and then they started to bring the um Baldur's Gate line of games into console okay oh, so Baldur's right. Gate Baldur's Gate 2 Baldur's Gate Betrayal okay uh Neverwinter Nights all the Icewind Dale all of them he were they the company paired up and started to try and bring it into console games rather than just leaving it on a PC games right okay yeah also Skybound Games is also in charge of stuff like the Walking Dead game and everything. Okay, I mean, that's... That's very obviously. So yeah, Yeah. all his properties kind of belong under the Skybound umbrella. Okay. And so if there ever is going to be an Invincible game, it's probably going to be under Skybound as well. Because it is a media company, like an entertainment company. Wow. Okay. And also I feel like, honestly speaking, they should move forward with making a lot of merch. Because I've been looking online and everywhere, seeking high and low for the past maybe 10 to 15 years for an amazing Invincible t-shirt, and I haven't been able to find one yet. This should be out soon now The, the, the now that the TV show is such a yeah. massive hit, right? Okay, a, a little bit of attention. You know what I thought would be like an amazing kind of t-shirt idea? If you just have a t-shirt, a regular T shirt, and on the front of it, you print the front page of a comic. Okay, as in, as in, oh yeah, that's pretty awesome, right? That would be pretty cool. It's like literally looks like a comic on the print of the T shirt. Yeah, and just with that, with Invincible, he has one hundred and forty four T shirts if he wants. Yeah, with Walking Dead, he has another like hundred and like I think sixty eight T shirt, different T shirts if he wants. Yeah, then that also you can include like the variant covers. Yeah, which just multiplies it. You have like he has a basis of like five hundred T shirts if he wants it
1: yeah that's amazing and people who will buy it people will buy it because people will buy it you know, for sure it's like hey that's an awesome t-shirt yeah uh, that's a comic that I I own also as well
0: precisely yeah. yes and I would definitely buy a couple yeah for sure especially of the Invincible there are so many iconic cover pages that I would like mm-hmm. that I really want even on yeah. a shirt and having the I think you know like with the issue number on the top corner exactly and then, like, the, right with the with the headline plastic greatest superhero comic of all time or like with the superhero struck out the greatest comic of all time yeah, that is such a good idea for a t-shirt man I think that's a fantastic idea man I should tweet Robert Kirkman
1: yeah and maybe you should take this part down so that you know your idea remains oh no dude okay here's the thing
0: if they do release it I'll be happy to <laughs> yes, buy it I so know. it's a I'm win for me anyway <laughs> so I'm not fussed about that yeah go and tweet to him uh, maybe I will tweet uh, maybe I will tweet to him soon uh you know what? I'll I'll take a take a snippet of this episode, cut it out, tweet it to him. <laughs> Who knows? You know, if he likes it, he might blast it out and then more people might listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, wait. We're gonna get into The Walking Dead right now. So this is a little bit of spoilers, but I'm gonna first every single good series depends on the cast, I feel. Okay. One important aspect is the cast. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the cast. So it might be a little bit of a spoiler alert That's probably for anybody okay. who is yeah. interested and never watched Walking Dead before. That's me. Yeah. So <laughs> it might be a spoiler alert. So I'm going to, of course, throughout the episode, I'm going to spoil a lot of things for you, Stephen, because okay. that's the whole point of this episode. I'm going to try and sell you on it. But if you guys are listening and you don't want to interest, I'm going to go through the cast right now. And then I'm going to go through like a... Season by season walkthrough, a very bare bones, the barest of bones walkthrough of each season. So, if you guys are afraid of that, spoiler alert right now. I will give another spoiler alert right before I, after the cast, and before I go into this, like the series breakdown. Okay. All right. So, the cast, the main primary protagonist is Andrew Lincoln. Does not sound familiar. Yeah. But do you remember the movie Love actually? Yes. Do you remember the most iconic scene in Love, actually? The one that has been parodied a million times over everywhere in the world.
1: The one guy knocking on the door and Kiranati opened. The cue cards, opened. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. He's the one
0: holding the cue cards. Oh, okay. He's marked in Love, actually. So yes, yeah. definitely okay. amazing. One of the other primary protagonists is Norman Reedus. He has a lot of small roles everywhere. He has his own reality TV show where he... It's called Ride Along with Norman Reedus, where he talks about bikes and everything. Okay. Yeah. Um... He is mainly famous for The Walking Dead. Right. Nothing else. But he has, I would say, in the peak Walking Dead era, he kind of convinced a lot of people, me included, that being a redneck was cool. Because in the show, I talk a little bit about his character, Daryl Dixon. He's a redneck, you know? He hunts. He does everything. He's proficient with a crossbow, which makes him so useful in this post-apocalyptic setting. yeah. Because the guns attract zombies. The crossbow does not. Ah, that is amazing. And he's a tracker. Yeah. He's a fantastic tracker. He's a hunter. He is basically one of the reasons that this group is alive for so long. Wow, okay. So he is an amazing character and honestly speaking, an amazing actor. Norman Reedus.
1: Awesome, okay.
0: So next would be Melissa McBride. She is also one of the longest running um, cast members of this series. She has been there since season one. Okay. And she's still there. She's been a major character all throughout... And her growth and character development is one of the craziest things ever. She starts off as this kind of meek housewife, and now she's one of the biggest badasses 11 seasons down the road. Wow. She plays okay. Carol Pelletier. Her and Norman, Melissa McBride and Norman Reedus, once the season 11 of The Walking Dead is over, they're going to have their own spin off. Oh, okay. So we're going to follow their story after that as yeah. well. Next up, we have Lauren Cohen. She is uh, she has been in a few things before. You've watched Chuck, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Chuck. She's Vivian in Chuck. I don't Oh, the Chuck's sister. Yeah. So Right, okay. She's also Rose in The Vampire Diaries. Okay. She's also Bella in Supernatural. And there is another role that I will bring up a bit later. But I want so Lauren Cohen has been in a lot of TV series all of the time, but she has been in The Walking Dead since season 2. Oh, wow. So, it's a very long time as well. Uh, We have Steven Yuan.
1: Oh, he's there as well. Okay. Steven
0: Yuan is one of the main characters. He was there since season one. He's no longer there. He's no longer there. Yeah. He left in like season eight, I think. Okay. Yeah, season eight or season seven. Maybe season seven. But Steven Yuan, of course, is Mark in Invincible. Mm -hmm. He is Steve in Troll Hunters. Yep. He is Lil Gato in Final Space. Yes. So... Very familiar with the voice of Steven Yeah, he's probably one of our favorite actors, voice actors as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so there is also Dene Gurira. I'm sure the name doesn't draw anything to you, but she plays Michonne, who is a katana wielding badass who joins the season, uh, joins the cast in season three. She her major other role is General Okoye in the MCU. Oh, right. Yeah, the okay. right hand to the Black Panther himself. Yeah, okay. Amazing actress. And when I saw her in the MCU, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember her. But I can't remember for where because at that point <laughs> right. of time I had lapsed from The Walking Dead. Right. And then I started watching it during the pandemic again. And when she came out, I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute. That's freaking Okoye. And yeah, that's she's a badass, just as badass, just much of a badass in this series as she is in the MCU. One of the biggest badass women out there. There's also Cooper Andrews. He is not a very big role in the series, but he is one of my favorite characters. But he is Victor Vasquez in Shazam. He is the foster family's father.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is that,
0: you know, that big guy with the beard and everything. He looks so jolly and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is the same in The Walking Dead. Right. He is part of the thing called The Kingdom. And he is one of the most loyal subjects in the kingdom, which is so awesome. Another thing, yeah, the kingdom is a real thing. Right. One of the colonies is called the kingdom. Okay. Yeah. And I will get to the king in a bit because okay. you're going to be very hyped about that. But before I get there, there is this the actor called Ross Marquand. Again, his name is not very familiar, but he is one of the... He is an amazing actor. He's been in the series for maybe five or six seasons now. And he is... He voices Ultron in What If. Oh, that is an awesome voice. Yeah, but did you also know in Endgame he was the stone keeper for the Soul Stone as the Red Skull? Oh, really? Yeah, because that was definitely not Hugo Weaving. Yeah, but it was him acting as the Red Skull with his own voice, kind of stylized to follow Hugo Weaving. Wow. So yeah, his chops, acting That's... chops amazing. That is a tough role, man. Yeah. So Christian Serratos is also in the series. She is Angela in the Twilight franchise. You know your favorite franchise of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. uh More recently, there was a series on Netflix called Selena. Never watched it. But... Okay. It 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 centers around the life of the, this this singer called Selena, and she 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 acts as the main role as Selena in the series. Uh, it's a really good series if you really because it focuses around the life of a musician and everything. Very right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, awesome. I suggest you go watch it there is also Jeffrey Dean Morgan now Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a name that I don't expect I think a lot of people recognize but I don't expect you to recognize you will recognize him however from his roles he was John Winchester in Supernatural which you're not familiar with of course he was also Denny Duquette in Grey's Anatomy which you're not familiar with either he has an, a big list of roles but what you're familiar with would probably be he was in Watchmen as the comedian.
1: Okay, the movie Watchmen, Yes, right? the
0: Watchman movie by Zack Snyder, he was a yeah. comedian. He was oh, also okay. in Batman versus Superman as Thomas Wayne. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Now you recognize the face? Do you remember the kind of the face? Kind of. Yeah. The mother, Martha Wayne, okay. was played by Lauren Cohen in Batman versus Superman. Oh. Right. So the both parents of Batman are in this series. In Walking Dead. In Walking Dead, yes. Nice. And okay, I'm going to list off a few other amazing people just quickly. John Bernthal, he is in the series. He is The Punisher from the series The Punisher. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker, he's in this series as well. He is Daryl's brother. Okay. Which is Norman Reedus' brother. Michael Rooker obviously was in Guardians of the Galaxy playing Yondu. Oh, that, he okay. That yeah. guy's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. And he's awesome in here as well. There's also Corey Hawkins, which I don't know if you're familiar with it. His name. He was in there for a very brief moment, Corey Hawkins, but he is Benny from In the Heights. Okay. Yeah. And finally, the last name I want to bring up to try and draw you into this series. Remember, I talked about the kingdom earlier. Yes. And I said the king is an amazing character. His name is King Ezekiel, the character, and he's this very regal, very powerful presence on the screen. Would you like to guess who it is? Just based off what I'm saying. Mm. A very regal, powerful presence.
1: Regal, powerful presence. I'm
0: not gonna let you guess. It's Kari Payton. Wow. Yeah. Kari oh, Payton. Yeah, I
1: know he's in Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah
0: completely. He, Kari Payton, of course. Calderam yeah. from Young Justice, Shikasta from Critical Role. Yes. um, Sovereign Uriel Taldori of The Legend of Vox Machina. Yeah. One of the most prolific voice actors ever. And he plays King Ezekiel in this series. And oh, From the moment he's he's on the screen, you'll never forget his presence. He is that good an actor. Wow. And can I just say, Kari Payton is so fucking handsome that when he smiles, you can't help but feel the joy within your soul. (laughs) Seriously, that dude is the megastar in my eyes. One of my favorite people in my eyes. Whenever I see him on something now, I immediately want to watch that. So yeah, Kari Payton is in it. And yeah, I remember when I watched The Walking Dead way back, I, w- I saw Kyrie Payton, I'm like, oh, cool, this guy is really good. And then when he started in Critical Role, I'm like, I know that guy. I know him from somewhere. Oh, he's oh yeah, he's Calder from Young Justice, right? Yeah, I completely forgot. That guy has a really good voice, man. Rewatched it in Pandemic, and it just smacked me like a ton of bricks.
1: Right. Okay. No wonder you when when he first came out. I remember you were like, "Hey, yeah, this guy's really good, Carpentan." Yeah. And
0: then you told me, "So
1: yeah, yeah, young justice." He's and then you told me, "Oh yeah, young justice as a cal- uh, cal- uh Calderam, cal- Calderam. yeah yeah yes of course yeah." Also, but yeah, recent- you didn't tell me is uh Kyrie Payton is in Walking Dead
0: as some yeah because yeah. I, I think because I don't. I knew you weren't. You weren't in the like. You weren't. You didn't really bother about the Walking Dead. Yeah, but very
1: because much. uh, I think you also. You ha- did. You haven't rewatched it yet. I hadn't first... rewatched it yet either. Well, yeah. yeah, when we watched uh, yeah, yeah, it all yeah. together yeah, during yeah. that period of time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna talk a bit about the break. I'm gonna break down the series now. Okay. So this is the major spoiler alert for everybody who doesn't really want to have the story spoiled about them. It's a very brief breakdown. It's like a Walking Dead, eleven seasons of Walking Dead in under ten minutes from mm. me. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and do that. And it's going to be, the like I said, the barest of bones breakdown yep. of The Walking Dead you've ever heard. Yeah. I'm going to be removing a lot of the good stuff. Okay. Just kind of give you the gist of how the story flows. Yeah. So, season one is a very typical zombie apocalypse setting. The sixth episode focuses a lot on them trying to make it up to the center of disease control in Atlanta. Oh, okay. That's, That's basically the first intro of the season. Oh, like the series, rather, season 2 introduces a safe space for them in the form of a farm, which the zombies have yet to overrun. This season focuses on the coexistence between the main group and those that were already on the farm, and of course, nothing is permanent, and as such, the farm is overrun and causes the group in its entirety to go and on the move for the winter. Season 3 picks up about 8 months after the end of season 2, and a cold winter in the wilds has turned the party just as cold. They come across a prison and manage to seek shelter there. They manage to make the prison into a community and are able to live there for a while. The season takes a turn when a neighboring community, dubbed Woodbury, clashes with the group and causes an all out war between the two communities. This season also began the amazing way that The Walking Dead used storytelling. From here, they would use the format of storytelling to weave it all into one great story rather than having the stories divided into seasons by season. So, season 4 tells the story of the fall of the prison. With the return of the primary antagonist from Season 3, the Governor, our heroes are turned out from the prison and caused to go on the road again. This also causes the group to be split up into multiple smaller groups, and the second half of the season focuses on the individual groups heading toward a new safe haven by the name of Terminus, with all of them finally reaching it by the end of the season. And with the reveal that Terminus was not all it seemed to be, Season 5, had the backlash of the party reaching Terminus and subsequently escaping. The group then chances upon a priest and seeks shelter in his church. With supplies dwindling, the group decides to move on to a bigger city in the hopes of finding a better life. Through intense interactions, the group manages to find themselves in Alexandria, an established safe zone with high security and a big community. With the memories of Woodbury and Terminus fresh in their mind, the second half of the season focuses on the acclimatization of the group into the Alexandria safe zone. Season six reveals the reason that Alexandria was safe: a large horde of walkers, which is what they call zombies in The Walking Dead, were trapped in a nearby valley and, over time, grew to the point of breaking free. The group, with the aid of some of the citizens of Alexandria, hatch a plan to rid themselves of the problem and divert the walkers away from Alexandria. Of course, nothing ever goes to plan especially with zombies, and they barely managed to escape successfully. The second half of the season reveals that the world was not as small as the Alexandrians previously thought. After an encounter with a stranger, they managed to find another community named Hilltop. Through them, they find the biggest antagonist The Walking Dead has yet to introduce in another group known as the Saviors. With the home base hidden, the saviors have been making ends meet by using their large army and massive amount of firepower to force Hilltop into a deal whereby they give half of whatever they grow and find as a form of protection fee. The season comes to a climax as the Alexandrians try but fail to overthrow the saviors only to meet the leader of the saviors in the final episode. The season ends with Negan, the aforementioned leader of the saviors, holding a tribunal for the group with the major cliffhanger of killing an unrevealed character for the group and Season 7 picks up immediately at the tribunal and focuses on the backlash from the Alexandrians' failed coup. The result? They will now suffer under the harsher deal than was what established with Hilltop, and struggling to live with the terms set by Negan, the Alexandrians are introduced to a new community dubbed the Kingdom. On top of that, they also encounter a group known as the Scavengers, and a community known as Oceanside. The party then splits and try to curry the favour of the new communities to overthrow the tyrant Negan. And with that, the Alexandrians, with the aid of Hilltop, Oceanside, the Kingdom and Scavengers, hatch a plan to overthrow the saviors. After locating the saviors' compound, the second half of the season culminates with a massive battle at Alexandria. Through double crosses and arrivals turning the tide, the saviors are forced to retreat, leaving the rest of them victorious. Now beginning, beginning of Season 8 focuses on the Coalition, turning their sights on the previously hidden compound of the Saviors known as the Sanctuary. This leads to a long all-out war between the Communities versus the Saviors. The war ravages throughout the whole season, resulting in an extreme amount of casualties on both sides, and the season finale shows the outcome of the war, with the Communities overcoming Negan and the Saviors. Season 9 starts off with a major timeskip of 18 months and in the months leading up to Season 9, many shifts in the communities have happened. Through the shifts, the communities band together and begin to trade and communicate. This leads the Alexandrian leading the charge to rebuild the literal Bridge, connecting them to the rest of the communities. With most of the manpower coming from what was left of the saviors, tensions rise and a riot ensues leading to gunfire. The gunfire results in drawing a group of walkers toward the bridge and leaves Rick as bait to lead them away. This eventually results in the departure of the series' main protagonist, Andrew Lincoln. The season progresses with the introduction of a new group of antagonists known as the Whisperers. Favouring subterfuge, the season follows Alpha and the Whisperers as they try to take down the communities, the outcome of which causes the citizens to abandon one of the communities and seek refuge with the other communities. Now, Most of season 10 revolves around the war between the Whisperers and the rest of the communities, and the rest of the season focuses on the aftermath. This season was kind of affected by the pandemic and affected the story quite a little bit and it's pretty clear to see when you watch this season. Initially intended for 16 episodes like season 2 to 9, it was adjusted to meet the new standard and gu- of guidelines and added 6 more episodes, extending it to 22 episodes. The season premiere aired October 2019 and its final episode was aired April 2021, making this the longer season in more ways than one. With the addition of the 6th episode, the season allowed to zoom in on the backstory of a few characters and proceeded to have more character-centric episodes. This season also led to the discovery of a new community named the Commonwealth during the War with the Whisperers. This leads the story into its final season. Now, I won't go too much into season 11 for the risk of extreme spoilers as the season is still ongoing, but I will say this season so far has been really good. With the effects of COVID apparent on Season 10, Season 11 manages to return to the amazing storytelling that one is used to see from The Walking Dead. This season also slightly different from the previous as it was the final season and was renewed for 24 episodes to finish up, rather than the regular 16. Season 11 premiered August 2021 and focuses on 3 acts of 8 episodes each to round out the final season. And with the second arc of story spanning from February to April 2022, I can safely say that I'm looking forward to the finale. The final arc of The Walking Dead is expected to air August 2022. However, there has been no confirmation whatsoever regarding its air date. And that's The Walking Dead in 10 minutes. Kind of. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Amazing summary, though.
0: Yeah, it's it's the main gist of the story. And yeah. whenever I do these kind of sweeping summaries, like the one I did in Stranger Things as well, yeah. you, I always cut out a lot of the fluff, but the fluff is what makes it good. The Walking right. Dead has one of the best ways of storytelling. Like I've mentioned, I think, a bit before, I think you've definitely heard me mention this before, they like to use... They don't go season by season.
1: Yeah, I still don't get that, you know, when you mention... You say, "Oh, they move away from the season by season storytelling towards something more of a looking at each individual stories." Yeah. So it means in, it runs in parallel season four and for example four and five runs in par- parallel or something.
0: No, it doesn't run in parallel, but it it skips away from like you know how the typical what's a good example like the superhero shows Arrow, Flash, and everything. Okay. Season one has one villain. Season two has a villain. Season three has a oh, villain. Oh right. Okay. Yes, the walk the walking dead kind of strays away from that, so especially he has from over-arcing. season three onwards. For example, when season three began, there was a there was a villain, the main antagonist for season three. Okay, they and then they kind of beat him, but in season four, it's revealed that he didn't die. Okay, and he comes back for the first half of season four and becomes the primary antagonist of season four. A
1: okay, right? In
0: four B, they kind of had the the people traveling to a new safe haven. So that is the start of a new journey. Okay. In 5A is the aftermath of 4B where what happened in 4B was them reaching a safe haven and realizing it's not actually a safe haven but kind of a trap. Okay. And 5A shows that the, shows how wary the party has become because of what happened between this trap and the previous um, part the season 3 antagonist so 5B, they are introduced to basically the end of the safe zones. Even in the comics, everybody knew this was coming up, Alexandria. This was their home for pretty much the whole comic after that. So when you when they were introduced to Alexandria, they had the they had the trauma of Terminus and Woodbury from season 3 and season 5. And 5A or 4B rather. So 5B was all about them trying to acclimatize into this new. The new community while still being very wary that it might not be what it seems.
2: Okay,
1: yeah.
0: And also 5B had a little bit of like just kind of the story there was so good and it ended with I don't want to spoil it because it's still a very good Okay, ending. yeah, yeah. But 6A focuses on 5B and 6A kind of become one story. 6B and 6, 7A becomes kind of one story. 7B and 7A kind of becomes one story. And it flows throughout all that.
1: Right, so it's not basically... Yeah, uh, one villain per season, and that's it. That yeah, kind of format. That's right. Is it closer to Stranger Things, for example? Uh, especially season three, season two and three.
0: It's not an overarching, No, okay. I would say the the antagonists definitely transfer from changes from time to time, but the storytelling of the antagonist as well is so good. The main antagonist, I say, I would say, is Negan, who is introduced, I believe, in six. The, last episode of 6, season 6, which is insane because, yeah, it's insane that he's introduced in the last episode of season 6 only because the whole of season 6 was kind of, well, 6B was his group of people tormenting the Alexandrians.
2: Right, okay.
0: And then you realize no, none of them, because here's the thing, it was kind of a cult mentality. Okay. They all knew that the leader was Negan. Yeah. So one of my favorite things was like, "What's your name?" The guy one asked one of the saviors, and he's like, "I'm Negan." They just shot him. Like, okay, we got Negan. That's it. We're done. We're good. They left, and then another group of people attacked them. Oh right. And then like they kept asking who, like, where is Negan? I am Negan. Every single one of them right, says okay. Negan. Right. Okay. So it was such a cool wow. Okay. Cult kind of mentality. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's so good and. Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Negan and he is a fantastic fucking actor, man. Right, okay. So yeah. And then from there you go on the story and the story gets so good from season 7 onwards and it's kind of from season 7 until now season 11 it's kind of one story.
1: Oh wow, okay. That's yeah. awesome.
0: So it it kind of deals with Negan as the big bad then after they beat Negan there is a new kind of villain Because you're used to seeing big community, like, the party becomes a community and then there's a bigger community that attacks them. Right, okay. Then they beat them somehow and then they become a bigger community and then an even bigger community attacks them. So, that has happened already twice. So, they they don't do that anymore. So, the new villain after Negan was very much into subterfuge. Okay. With a group called the Whisperers.
1: Oh, that's very smart. And
0: I will not say anything else because I think you might be wanting to watch it now and honestly speaking watching The Whisperers just blew my mind because it's so amazing I don't want to spoil anything for you for there because that is already I think in season 9 yeah season 9 was The Whisperers so it is insane that no season 9B was The Whisperers right okay and then from there it's basically the out the the backlash from all of that.
2: Okay, wow.
0: Honestly speaking, The Walking Dead is one of the best ways of storytelling ever I've seen in the series. I mean, it's Robert Kirkman. Yeah, it's Robert Kirkman. And it's like (laughs) a collective kind of story from point A to point B. And it has such a big, amazing cast. And the villains, man. Dude, honestly speaking, you know me. I love a good villain. Me too, man. Yeah, Yeah, and they have... Some of the best fucking villains ever. Like Negan was the cool villain that you kind of don't like you you kind of don't want to hate because he's that good. Right. He's that fucking awesome. The one before him was like the Governor. Uh huh. He is that slimy fucking bastard. Okay. You know. Yeah. He was kind of. He's called the Governor. So yeah. kind of. He's very political in the things he does, and the way he try and the way he charms people and everything was so good as well right but okay. he's a fucking dirtbag <laughs> I hated him so much man
1: I mean that sounds like an awesome villain to me yeah.
0: <laughs> but as much as I hated him dude fucking alpha man another level yeah alpha is just a whole new level of hate for me she was the true cult leader okay trust me when I say this she is the biggest cult leader on like walking dead and she is amazing Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, though. she yeah. is... Oh, my goodness. I freaking hated her guts, man. It's so ridiculous. I freaking hate it. I freaking <laughs> hate her so much. Like, no joke. When you watch it, when you come to season 9B, you will understand. Right. Because, like... And I like I said, you know, it's a big cast and it's a revolving cast, so you lose a lot of people along the way. <sighs> the number of people that Alpha is responsible for taking away from the series... It's crazy, man.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's really that good. The antagonists in here are so damn good. And you'll understand it when you watch it. Trust me. And you will have to watch it. Like, if you never watch it, it's fine. But trust me when I say a lot of these villains are so good that I'm ripping them off.
1: Okay. For the, our D&D games. For anything. For anything. Like one-shots right.
0: or like yeah. our D&D games or whatever. I'm just... They are such good Freaking villains, man! Yeah, we can talk more about this and more. I'm so interested. Yeah, and the way they develop characters is so good. So the my primary protagonist is Rick, Rick Grimes. He is a cop from a small city in Atlanta. Okay. Who, when the zombie apocalypse happened, he 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 was in a, he was injured and he was put into a coma. The zombie apocalypse happened and he wakes up from his coma not knowing what happened. Oh, so that is the beginning of the series. Okay, oh, that is very interesting. Yeah, so he breaks out and he sees there are zombies nearby and he has no idea what the fuck is happening. Wow, that is very smart from the
1: Robert Kirkman because
0: it draws in if he, Immediately, we, yeah. We kind of you, like see, you see from his, his point, point of view, view yeah. precisely, which is what you need in every series. Yes, yeah, so you,
1: you need someone to bring
0: you into the story, right? Always. Yeah, exactly. Because now the yeah. the viewers are become have the same perspective of, exactly. as Rick. Yeah. So he he leaves and tries to find his wife and son. Yeah. And eventually, he finds them, and the series from there evolves. And you see Rick, he he was a sheriff in the I think he was a sheriff deputy or something like that. Okay. So he is obviously one of... He's kind of in charge of some of the police as well. And everywhere he goes, everybody kind of respects his authority. Right. When he comes comes across his son and his wife, they're part of another group that's following somebody else. And he immediately doesn't like, oh, I'm not here to like step on anybody's toes or anything. You guys go ahead. I'll just offer my counsel. If you want to take it, you take it. That kind of thing. But eventually it becomes him leading the group because the other guy was kind of a dickhead as well. Okay. And he became in charge of the group and he held it as a democracy. But because of that, the group is almost destroyed because they don't want to, they don't want to do what it takes to survive. And he said, then you see him break and move on from there. There was one point where he says, if you want this to carry on, if you guys want to survive, this is no longer the democracy. We do as I say. Anybody else who does, who feels that is unfair, you can leave right now and then they all stay. So it became on him. And you see the pressure he like, he put on himself. Every single decision became his fault. And he took, he was so guilty about that. And from then, he just, every single thing just built and built and built until he broke in like season three. Oh, this very early on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And he breaks because he became, how do I say it? A broken person. Constantly just not trusting people. And he went a bit crazy. Okay. That's really sad. What kind of sent him over the ledge was when his wife, Lori, died. You see him really spiral out of control when he starts talking to her right. when she's not there oh, in front of people. Oh. Because this was a time when they were in a prison.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And you yeah. see the way, like, Just the way he starts to break is so good, man. It's what happens to people in Zombie Apocalypse. Especially when he is a good man, and the guilt is eating him alive. Yeah, and he's making big decisions. Yes. And And definitely not all decisions are right. Exactly. And there are a lot of... I will say, I feel his decisions were not wrong. But every decision has an outcome. Of course. And casualties are a thing in Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah, And he is burdened by the casualties. Yeah. And his wife is one of the casualties. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And it sucks because there are a lot of things, a lot of actions that cause him to break as well. Right. Okay. So moving on from there while they were still at the prison after they defeated the governor, he stepped down from being in charge and he appointed a council of people. Oh, Wait. I, for, I think I'm missing a name from like the cast that I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Soniqua Martin Green is in it. Right, okay. Sonico Martin was... Green, of course, is Rhonda from New Girl. Like, amazing. No, I'm kidding. That's not what I was saying. She's Tamara from uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time as well, but she is Captain Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery. Oh, she's there as well. She's there since like okay. season three till wow. like maybe eight or nine, I want to say. She okay. was there right before disco. She went from this to disco immediately. Okay, wow. Yeah. So okay. amazing. She was she was part of the council in the prison already. Because she's a badass. As always, right? Yeah. So <laughs> she always played that role. He became Rick like kinda gave up his role as a leader of the group and became just a farmer in the prison. And just go back to simple life and get everything back to normal. That's when everything fucks up and they realize that they need Rick. And he's like, No, I don't wanna do it. I cannot. I have like my son to look after. I cannot be that guy again, you know. But he is forced to become that guy again. When, so is he going to? Is he the main character throughout? He is the main character up till season nine. Oh, and like I said, there was like he was in charge of Alexandria, and they were leading the the to build the bridge that was that was destroyed previously, so that they can commute like still travel to Hilltop and to Kingdom because that was the one bridge they need. Yeah. So with the remainder of the saviors as manpower, they start building the bridge. But because the saviors are kind of assholes still, there was like a riot. Okay. And then yeah, they started okay. using gunfire and yeah. then a horde of zombies just started and everybody ran away. He was a soul he was the sole guy on a freaking he got he got stabbed as well, so he was bleeding out already. And he was on a freaking horse leading the zombies away. And that also led to his departure from the series. Okay, I yeah. see, I see. So the thing is, he's alive. Oh. Yeah. You know, okay, here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit now about what to expect after season 11. Like I mentioned earlier, Carol and Daryl have their own spinoff. Uh, Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie, has her own spinoff as well with somebody else that I don't want to spoil for you. There are the Rick Grimes movie slash movies. Movies. It was slated to have like a trilogy of movies. Wow. Okay. That follows Rick after he went missing, leading that horde of zombies away from Alexandria.
1: Oh, oh I see. okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah
0: so there's supposed to be movies around Andrew Lincoln's character, which kind of stuck in production hell right now because of COVID and everything as well. I see, okay. Yeah, there's also going to be a Walking Dead anthology series where it, it's like a new cast and new situations and a few familiar faces from the main series of The Walking Dead. And it's supposedly to have a lot of star power with people like uh, Olivia Munn and Terry Crews slated to appear. Okay, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that would happen after season 11. And there's also Fear of the Walking Dead, which was kind of like the companion series to The Walking Dead, set in the same world, following a character that was previously on The Walking Dead, now has his own series called Fear of the Walking Dead. Sounds, Fear of the Walking Dead. Sounds yeah. to me that Walking Dead is just beginning, man. It's a franchise. It's a massive franchise, dude
1: yeah no i know it's a massive franchise yeah. but i thought it's like one of those you know 10 seasons and you know that's and it done. But yeah no but here's no, the thing there's yeah. so many
0: spin off yeah which is what honestly speaking robert kirkman is such a genius this is what most shows should do or most yeah, franchises but but
1: so difficult right yeah but here's the thing he, <laughs> but he, he has oh, he, he, he pulled it off done, yeah
0: so with skybound now he is in charge of their own production of these series so there's going to be the like a new series of Carol and Daryl which kind of follows off the main series of The Walking Dead. There is Maggie and her spin-off as well, which is kind of another one. The Rick Grimes movie follows Rick from season 9. Okay, yeah. Which honestly speaking, if it works, all this is so amazing. Fear of The Walking Dead as well is another series where it is just like The Walking Dead, but it's a different ensemble cast in a different part of the country. Right. So honestly speaking, if like once the Walking Dead is over, you can watch Fear Fear of the Walking Dead is five seasons out by now by now. And it doesn't seem like there's a sign of stopping. So yeah, there in this world there are so many things to do. There's you can this world is so developed and so full that you can there are so many things there.
1: You know, this reminds me it's as if you know Star Wars. Yeah. With the Mandalorian, Clone Wars and Clone Wars, Wars. and everything. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It is a whole world of things that you can explore and it is so well done, man. Wow. Okay, Okay. that got me excited. Robert Kirkman is such a brilliant mind, man. Honestly speaking. Like, the, all the things that he's done with like Invincible and everything, even, okay, we'll talk a little bit about the expansive worlds of Robert Kirkman, right? Obviously, in Skybound, they have The Walking Dead series and its spin-offs, like Fear the Walking Dead, Carol and Daryl coming soon, Maggie series, and then the movies. And the Walking Dead anthology. This is the Walking Dead media franchise that exists aside from the comics. Let's talk about the comic version of Invincible, okay? In the comic version of Invincible, there are so many superheroes that kind of become the world as well. Yeah. In Invincible, in its entirety of run, there was this there was this guy called Tech Jacket. I don't know if you remember. Yes, I remember. He has his own six issue comic.
1: Yes, I I know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There is, if I'm not mistaken, Kirkman has mentioned before he would like to do Jim the Alien series. Okay.
2: Or was it Alan? Alan. Alan the Alien. Sorry. Alan the Alien. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He would like to do an Alan the Alien comic series. But before he gets there, he recently announced that he's going to do a Battle Beast series. Oh, that's awesome. So the Battle Beast series, I think, comes out this year.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's like more like world developing
0: Precisely. Yeah. And he is so good at this, man. Because if you look at it in Invincible during the funeral whoops spoilers for Invincible. Almost. Uh, almost. Spoilers for Invincible the comic. In the funeral, there were like all the superheroes there. That's right. And Savage Dragon was part of the uh part of the funeral. Okay. Do you know who Savage Dragon is? I can't remember Savage okay, Dragon. Okay, Savage Dragon is this it's a comic from the nineties. And it, dude, Savage Dragon is such a good, it was a a parody within the Invincible World, right? No, 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 it's a, it's a a real, it's a real, Eric Larson did, Eric Larson invented Savage Dragon with Image Comics, and it was one of the first few kind of major comics from um, Image. It came out around the time as Spawn and all that stuff. Okay. So early 90s indie comics. I think you've seen like Savage Dragon. Yeah. He's this Chicago PD cop that yeah. has is like look kind of looks kind of hawkish. Yeah. With the fin on his head and everything. But yeah, Savage Dragon is in the Invincible World. So it's kind of just world building seems to be like the th- kind of thing that Robert Kirkman likes to do. And you know why? He is a D&D fan, dude. Oh, okay.
1: Things makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> so that was honestly speaking <laughs> wow, everything I'm saying okay. I'm leading up to this point this dude obviously very clearly is a D&D fan because look at the world building he does for his two major properties okay
1: yeah makes perfect sense to me wow. and
0: also remember what I talked about regarding Skybound games uh-huh they were bringing the Baldur's Gate yeah yeah I, all yeah, those yeah. into consoles because that's his passion yeah so yeah Robert Kirkman is so good and like the Walking Dead universe is so amazing and I really can't wait for the movies to come out. I'm definitely gonna follow with Carol and Daryl and Maggie and everything after it's done. I'm probably gonna I've never watched Fear of the Walk, Fear of the Walking Dead. So I might try and catch it once The Walking Dead is over. But then that will be the end of the year. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, so I have from now till end of the year 2. Well, the the,
0: <laughs> the Act 3 of Season 11, which is the final act of The Walking Dead, it's supposed to come in August 2022. And it should air between August to October 2022.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: So you have basically now till October to complete the first 11, 11 seasons. seasons. Yeah. Which is not too bad, if you really think about it.
1: Yeah, it's not too bad at all. It's
0: not too bad because <laughs> if from now to October, it's what? seven seven months no six months yeah and
1: we kind of binge I think more than the average consumer
0: yeah and so. the first season is really only six episodes yeah each season after that is 16 episodes except for 10 and 11 it's honestly speaking once you get ramped up it's very difficult to stop
1: yeah I know what you mean I mean like we've watched shows
0: that that is like that as well yeah okay so now just before we end the episode I'm going to ask you one final question Stephen after all of this, on a scale of 1 to 10, how interested are you in The Walking Dead? I will say it's
1: still about maybe 9. I mean, definitely, I already have the propensity to watch it yeah. anyway. But I think with what you mentioned, there are so many things additional like the d and the world building, the characters itself... I am very interested in
0: this Rick character, to be honest. Yes, he is an amazing uh, character. Yeah. And he's one of the few, like one of many amazing characters yes. that evolve Yeah, Yeah. I'm leaving the one
1: for my own self doubt. My own self. <laughs> yeah. For doubt and maybe being too busy because of all other awesome new shows that's appearing. Right. Yeah, of course. Or, or some rewatch, especially before we talk about certain shows, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. those things for are. For sure in considerations but yeah it
0: sounds exciting Uh, Rick sounds of an amazing character Rick is such an amazing character his development of character is crazy good Um, Daryl as well he he was initially this redneck character that only cares for himself and his brother Mm. and becomes the heart and soul of the group yeah if you can believe it, he is the heart and soul of the group. Wow. Okay. Carol was this, like I mentioned, a meek housewife that used to get abused by her husband. She becomes the biggest badass you will ever see. Wow. She is one. She is the. She is the big picture person. Okay. She is capable of doing the most absurd shit, if it helps them in the big picture. Like some of the things she does will literally will shock you. It is crazy. And she is, honestly speaking, the, a badass. Yeah, Maggie was like this farm girl. Yeah, who came in in season two, daughter of like the owner of the farm. Okay, and she eventually becomes the leader of Hilltop. Wow. Okay. Steven Yuen is, um, of course, Glenn. They asked him in season one. Season one, like he is planning out all these. He was the one that was like planning out all the routes and everything, and he was the bravest. He would go into like zombie infested places just run in and run out because he's that quick and that agile and that physically capable they asked him this is one of my favorite lines by the way in season 1 like because he planned out everything like we can escape through here we call the zombie we threw something call the zombies there we escape behind them into the door up to the top and then we escape from there from the top to the other building and then we go down and we're free and then the guy was like what do you do before all this pizza delivery <laughs> yeah he's that awesome he's so cool man <laughs> Yeah, the, and the development <laughs> wow, okay. of him into becoming one of like the trusted lieutenants of Rick, amazing.
1: It's very D and D
0: like, actually. It's to be very honest, d- yes. Honestly you speaking, yeah. the way
1: you mention it, the way I said, different characters with different backgrounds, yeah. backstories, yeah, coming together, trying to su- survive this craziness yeah. uh, of a world of zombies, and then later on, a with brand other new world, people. yeah, yeah. It's a brand new world, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I feel like honestly speaking. The zombie genre, because there's always a zombie apocalypse and then it becomes a whole new zombie apocalypse genre, right? Yeah, Feels to me like a very good genre to have a journey and an adventure. Yeah. But for me, this, this, this series in particular, the Walking Dead TV series, with the beginning of Rick entering stuff like this, feels a lot like an isekai to me.
2: <laughs> maybe. Because yeah.
0: he's just a regular dude and he's plunged into a. He went to a coma and came out into a brand new world. Yeah, that is you, totally you are right, unalike yeah, So yeah. it's very isekai feel to me. Yeah. And I love isakai animes.
1: Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Honestly speaking, I'm hoping to get a chance to speak about Walking Dead season 11 at the end of the year. Hopefully, maybe you'll watch it by then.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I did say 9 out of 10. That's 90% chance. If you're looking
0: at that, as just statistics. Yeah, that's like an A everywhere in the
2: world.
1: (laughs) Well, not not in Asian household, but
0: yeah. Where the other? Why? Why did I miss the last one? Right? Exactly. Uh, I I hope my parents aren't listening to this. They're gonna they're gonna ground me. (laughs) What about you guys? Have you watched The Walking Dead? If you have, what are some of your favorite things about it? And how can you help me try and make Stephen watch it <laughs> as well? He needs Let, that one point. I need that one point. I need you. I need everybody's help to just reach out and tell Stephen to watch The Walking Dead. You can reach us at The Polity on Instagram and Twitter. That's T H E P O D D I T Y on Instagram and Twitter. Just keep spamming it with Watch Walking Dead. Spamming it with. Who your favorite characters are, which are your favorite arcs? who's your favorite antagonist who are your yeah, I think that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you what are you most looking forward to after season 11 Carol and Daryl, the Maggie or the Rick Grimes movie uh, the anthology series and let me know you know reach us there and honestly speaking, I would love to talk walking dead with somebody because this is the one thing I can't talk to Stephen about
1: that's very true. So it yeah. may change by the end of the year.
0: So yeah, let us know. And join us this Thursday where we're talking about some of our favorite zombie T V series and movies on yes, the party More.
1: That's right. And maybe about about D world building as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, I have something to talk about yeah. D world building actually. I'm gonna bring it up. So join us this Thursday for that. Thank you so much for listening to us. I've been Nate. I'm Stephen. We'll catch you on Thursday. Goodbye. Bye.